Welcome to the Business Clicks podcast, the podcast that interviews business owners to discuss their struggles, strategies, and successes with using the power of the internet to grow their business. We discuss the transition from brick and mortar growth strategies to digital alternatives. We provide new and exciting tactics each business can use to be successful in this new digital world. I'm your host, Adam Barbro, and let's get stuck in. And welcome to the Business Clicks podcast. This is our first episode back of 2022. And in this episode, we're actually going to be doing another Connecting the Dots special. And we're going to focus on the real changes and how you're able to really see these changes happening in real time in the crypto, Web 3.0 and metaverse realm. So we're going to discuss some of these foundational principles that I talk about are often on this podcast around branding and marketing and show you some examples of how this is actually playing out in real time. And you can see that the different crypto coins, you know, the different companies hopping on the metaverse train and really getting on board using the blockchain for Web 3.0, how they're actually either integrating these principles or they're avoiding them. And you can see them actually being beaten out by their competitors because they're not abiding by these principles. So I think it's really exciting and interesting because you're able to actually see these things play out in real time compared to what you'd usually take a lot longer because the industry is very new and it's all moving very quickly at the moment. We're able to see a lot of these principles, you know, happen over days, weeks and months where they'd usually take years and years and years. And some of these things will continue to flush out over years. But I mean, I think that's why it's sort of so interesting is because when people talk about this and they give examples, they're often giving examples of these of these marketing branding principles, hey, you know, twenty years ago, Coca Cola did this, and that's why they're number one. But that's very easy to say, you know, in retrospect, oh, that's why they did it, and that's this is the reason why they're successful. You're sort of joining the dots, even if they're not necessarily that. That's the reason why it actually happened at the time. Whereas, because things like crypto are moving so fast, and because Web point three, three point is coming through, just so quickly at the moment. We're actually able to see how these how these principles are actually playing out in real time, and you're actually just able to once you know these principles, you're actually able to look at them and say, "Oh, you know, this cryptocurrency just did this. That's a great decision," or this metaverse company or someone like Facebook, for example, is doing this. You know, I can see what they're trying to do there. Let's see how that plays out, and it's not going to be long until we're going to see whether that's a successful um, step for them or it's going to actually hurt them, and someone else is going to come through with you know, much more focus and much more better implementation of these branding and marketing principles and see how that plays out. So let's start with the marketing principles and I'll quickly try to, I guess, explain the principle first and then give some examples of how they're actually being implemented in this crypto, Web 3.0 and metaverse realm with some, you know, different companies and how they've actually done it. The first principles are sort of two principles that I like to talk about, but because they're related, but there's two examples here and you can see how they've actually happened, particularly in the crypto realm. So the first principle is to be first and to be popular. And once you're first and when you're popular, you're able to claim leadership. So Marty Neumeier expressed this in his book, I believe it was The Brand Flip, where he talks about it's not just about being first, but you obviously have to be, be popular. And then, you know, being both first in perception at least and being popular gives you the leadership of your market. So if you're in a place now where you're looking at taking a niche and there's someone already in there, that doesn't mean all hope is lost, but you want to try and be one of the first in there. And then you want to be the most popular because if you're the first company in a new niche, in a new market or in a new you know, sub-market 
and you're not popular and then someone else comes along, it doesn't matter if you're first because you're not first in the mind of the customer. It's all about perception. Some examples of how this we see this in the crypto realm is Bitcoin. Bitcoin was obviously, you know, the first cryptocurrency out there. And because of that, and because of how it got associated so heavily with crypto, it was therefore the most popular. And we can see that with the amount of, you know, capital put in towards Bitcoin. We can see that with how when cryptocurrency is spoken about in any sort of mainstream media or, you know, in conversations of people who aren't in the crypto realm, what they associate with crypto, they think about Bitcoin. So we can see how the law of being first is integrated there into how successful Bitcoin has become and the likelihood that it'll continue to be this successful, even though there have been, you know, technological and, you know, thought developments in these crypto markets. And, you know, arguably there's coins out there that are, you know, more useful and better better developed than what crypto has been because of just, you know, using that thinking around crypto and then developing new things. They haven't got the market share and they haven't got the capital behind them. And they haven't got the adoption because Bitcoin was first and Bitcoin was popular. And therefore, when we talk about cryptocurrency, people naturally think about Bitcoin. Another example of this is thinking about, I guess, the first real sub-market of crypto, which is the implementation of a coin with smart contracts. And when we talk about that, you know, again, most people who have some sort of understanding about this or experience with this, they start thinking about Ethereum. And Ethereum really came into that market and they came up with this new idea and they've, you know, were successful in being first in the mind of the consumer and also their popularity because of how Ethereum was actually has actually been used and adopted in things like the NFT market and you know other other areas of crypto where people use it now a lot more commonly for purchases. Now Ethereum has run into some problems and I'll talk about that later and how some of the laws of branding will actually help them in the future. However, we can see Ethereum is the second most popular coin on crypto for this reason. It was the first of this new submarket and it's become the most popular because of how it's being used. So regardless of whether we're talking about crypto, Web 3.0, the metaverse, or just any sort of market that your business is in right now, we can look at these principles of being first and then making sure that you're popular as a good way of making sure that you're able to control a large amount of market share. So if you're thinking about your niche, really think about you know going into a niche and being first is a great way of getting good market share as they sort of explained in the Blue Ocean Strategy book and then making sure that you're popular. So if someone else comes along, your name has been associated with that niche. And that's what Bitcoin and Ethereum have done really well. The next principle I really wanted to talk about was, you know, the fact that there's really only ever one or two big players in a market or a sub-market or a niche and they control the large proportion of market share and hold the two key positions basically. Very rarely is there a third big player. And then after that, you basically have anyone who's trying to fight for space in that submarket or niche of fighting for very small percentages of market. And, you know, we can see this most commonly. I think the, the most obvious example of this in the real world at the moment over the last, you know, 30 years has been Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Over, you know, their market percentages have obviously changed over time with how their branding and marketing campaigns over the years have, you know, either been successful or, least, or less successful. But, 
you know, they're the two big players. They control a huge percentage of the cola market and any other cola players that are trying to get into the game are fighting for these small little percentages and they're only able to do that by trying to be different in some way. And, you know, that's exactly how it's going to play out in all of these different, you know, Web 3.0 companies in the metaverse and with crypto in particular is you're going to see as the markets start dividing and you start getting sub-markets and niches geared toward different specific use cases, you're going to see how these big players sort of take on those one and two positions and then they're going to hold them a huge majority of market share and value is going to be flowing through them whereas these other coins that don't get those one or two positions are going to be fighting for it just like coca-cola and pepsi so some examples of that are obviously well eth is the big player in using for payments and then you can see these other one other coins that are trying to fight for their position as number two at the moment. So you can see Solana and Avalanche, etc., are really trying to make their way in with you know, their functionality and their adoption to make sure that they're gonna take that number two position. And then you even have you know, other, other coins out there like Cardano that haven't even launched with an actual usable product yet, but because of what they're saying they're gonna do, you know, they're looking to also take that number two position. And we're gonna see that play out a bit but you can also see it in a bit of a sub-market around crypto, like for those aren't familiar around the gaming coins, there's Axie Affinity, which is a sort of game that was used with some coins where people can purchase stuff and you can get paid to play. Axie has really you know, exploded over the last 12 months because of its ability to allow people to make money from playing games or even loan out their assets they've bought in this game to people in other countries for them to be able to play and then you'd be able to earn passive income so it's this really great and i guess weird you know role in a market where people are able to make money from playing these games where usually it was just a pleasure thing in the past and axie has grown significantly and taken a huge percentage of market share in terms of you know gaming a gaming coin and they're definitely probably leading that leading that charge and then you have other coins that are really fighting for those number two positions at the moment so that's like decentraland or the mana coin is also you know up there and has had a huge amount of money and resources sort of put towards it but at the same time they haven't really got control of that market share as of yet and there's a bunch of other games coming through so it's going to be interesting to see from a key you know one two position type thing who will be the coca-cola and pepsi of the you know crypto gaming realm and that's because we're so early on that's got you know a long way to go before that really plays out and people cement their place in controlling these markets but that's you know a first indicator of how that's starting to play out already the next principle i wanted to talk about is the law of op opposite which is almost stumbled on that, the law of opposite, which is something that our, re our recent um, Jack Trout talked a lot about. And it was, you know, basically those who are willing to go and do something different. And when, you know, when I talk about this and when I talk about the, you know, the importance of being opposite to what your competition do, I like to use the example of McDonald's. You know, really before McDonald's, the way of you going out and having food was really going out to a restaurant and sitting down and having a meal or whatever, you know, it wasn't, or a diner, you know, in the US, it, it was, it was, it was slow food. 
is, is what it's sort of referred to now. Whereas McDonald's came through with these processes and these ways of creating fast food, of getting food out the door quickly, you know, drive-throughs, et cetera. And they really did the opposite of what the other, their competition was doing. And that enabled them to obviously grow rapidly and then control this new market by doing something that was different, by having the courage to do something that was different and revolutionary. And, you know, of course it's easy to look at that now, but that's what's going to be really important for these companies in crypto and web 3.0 and the metaverse is for them to either look at what the competition is doing in a market, a submarket, or a niche and say, well, great, they're our competition. They're doing it like this. Let's take a different direction and yet achieve the same outcome. And by doing that, you're going to do two things. You're going to take, you know, an opposite stance, which people are going to love. And therefore you're going to take one of those number one or two positions in terms of market share or by doing something different, you're going to create a new submarket or new niche, and you're going to be able to control that submarket or niche. And then you're going to have eventually, once you know, because you're going to get success from that, what you're going to get is people come and try and join you and try and take some of your market share, and then that becomes a different game. But the law of opposite and doing something different and unique enables you to control either get control of a of a market or submarket or niche or allows you to really look at what's being done and do something different, which then gives you a new market or sub-market or niche, which then you control and then have a large percentage of the market share. And as the market grows, what we found out in the Blue Ocean strategy is that as that market, sub-market or niche actually grows, those first players in there who have actually you know, taken that stance first, as I talked about in the first marketing principle, are usually the ones that hold onto that market share. So it's really interesting to see at the moment how that's sort of already happening, but how it will need to happen a lot more frequently for those that are wanting to control big proportions of this new digital world. The next principle I wanted to talk about was the law of failure, which very early on people are you know a bit hesitant around working with you know businesses in crypto in the metaverse etc that have failures that try and do something and it doesn't go well. And in many ways, the brand is sort of tainted. And I think that's a big fear for obviously a lot of business owners, not just in this crypto, you know, metaverse realm, but obviously in the, you know, in the physical world as well. It's, it's always been a big problem, but there is big benefit to actually fail. And what we're trying to do when we're thinking about our marketing, we're thinking about failing is we're purposely pushing the limits. We're personally, we're purposefully pushing our boundaries in a way that, we do this in a marketing respect and in an operations perspective that we can control the narrative through marketing that we fail small and we fail fast and we fail often. And when you fail small, fast and often, these failures aren't big, you know, sore spots for consumers. They don't lose confidence. They don't lose faith in you. And it's able to be controlled by the marketing about you being an innovative company and really, you know, standing out for this, for this you know, new way of doing things, whatever it is, whatever that messaging and stance that you've taken from your branding. If you fail small, you fail fast and you fail often, you actually learn, you know, you learn quickly and you learn often, which enables you to grow a lot more rapidly than some of your competitors. And you can see this happening already actually in the crypto realm with Ethereum. ETH has obviously run into problems with really expensive gas fees, which for those who aren't familiar with uh, crypto is basically the fees associated with when you make a transaction 
through using Ethereum, just like we would make a transaction on, you know, from bank to bank. Right now, the, you know, digital requirements of this happening, ETH charge what's known as a gas fee. And because of the amount of people that are using the network, those gas fees have actually got quite astronomical. And, you know, this has sort of hurt Ethereum in the short term, which has allowed some of their competitors to really come through and gain more market share. But realistically, I think in the long term, it's actually going to be a good a good thing for ETH. I think by hitting these growth and scalability um, learnings early on, it's going to benefit them in the long term. So they're really, you know, coming into these struggles and they're going to have to adapt around it, which will mean in the short term, they're going to lose some market share. In the short term, some competitors are going to get, you know, some more adoption. But I think in the long term, it means they're going to be better situated to continue to control, you know, their market and be the big player in it compared to their competition who haven't, because of the amount of volume going through their networks, haven't had to deal with the same scalability issues as ETH. And yes, because they've come later on, they're probably going to be a little bit better prepared in terms they would have thought about it a bit more, seeing what's happened with ETH. But at the same time, they haven't actually experienced and had to adapt in the way that ETH has. And therefore, the mindset amongst the, you know, the way the developers are working on these projects is going to be a bit different. So that's always been a principle of marketing. And I think that is something that is going to benefit ETH a lot. And I'm interested to see how, you know, how that plays out in terms of the other, the competitors, not just in, in, in that realm, but in a, a long, you know, cryptocurrency and met and the metaverse, how many of them actually are willing to push the envelope in a stage where they do fail small, fail fast and fail often. And my, my experience is that very few of them will, and they're the ones that will actually pay the bigger price than those that are willing to do it because they know they're going to get more out of it in the long term. The last principle of marketing I want to talk about was fads and trends. So, you know, fads, if you're going to explain them, fads are basically, you can think about them as, you know, pumps and dumps almost. They're just these big roller coaster rides where you go straight up, they become really popular, and then they just, you know, basically drop and dump out of, you know, popularity completely and you don't really hear about them again. An example of this would be like fidget spinners. A couple of years ago, you know, fidget spinners were all over the internet. People were making money everywhere, trying to sell them. And very quickly, you know, they gained popularity very quickly, but they also disappeared off the face of the earth very quickly. And that's an, that's an example of a fad. And then the opposite to that is obviously trends, which are these much longer, much slower growth periods where people get on board with these new ideas and new way of doing things, new behaviors, and they last a lot longer, if not become new, you know, long-term behaviors that people adopt. And that's, a, and that's the difference between a fad and a trend. With this new crypto web 3.0 and metaverse realm, if the organizations pay a good, you know, good amount of focus and attention on their branding and their marketing, they're really going to be looking, they should be looking in a lot of detail around, you know, the difference between the fads and trends in these markets and these new way of doing things and what's going to sort of stick around as the technology develops and what's just going to drop off the face. And those that really look at fads and trends and hop on and ride the wave of these trends are going to grow and become huge companies in the future. Those that just look for the immediate short-term growth with something are going to hop on with a fad and they're going to just be gone within a year or two. 
And I think that's one of the biggest principles that I guess is probably neglected already in the real world, but is, you know, a lot more detrimental in this, in, in an emerging market like crypto web 3.0 and the metaverse is whether you ride the wave of a trend or you hop on board with a fad and very quickly disappear. So that's the last one for the marketing. They were making sure that you're first and making sure that you're popular, making sure that you control that number one or two positions, making sure that you are willing to do something that's different. You do something that's opposite in order to stand out and either get a good percentage of that market share or create a new market, a new you know, sub-market without even sort of realizing. And obviously failing, failing fast, failing small and failing often, and then finally fads and trends. So the principles I want to talk about around marketing, in particular around crypto, Web 3.0 and the metaverse, and seeing how they're being implemented and seeing how you can actually see some of these sort of play out in real time. And you will be able to see them very easily over the next coming months and years. And which ones, which, you know, which projects do this well and which fail to do it and sort of, you know, hurt because of it. So that's all for the, this episode about the marketing side of the Crypto Web 3.0 and Metaverse Realm principles and how they're sort of being integrated. Next, we'll talk about branding aspects of this and give us some insights around who's doing that well and will continue to grow in the future. So thanks for joining us. I hope that was useful and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. I'm your host, Adam Barbro. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Clicks podcast.